welcome to New Cities Sermon Podcast. Join us as we root deep in God's Word, expecting to be encouraged, challenged, and formed to be more like Jesus together. Let's get into the scriptures now. The word of exile here in Hebrew is gola, which means to be exiled. Comes from the verb gela, which means to reveal or to uncover. In other words, it described what it felt like to be in exile, uncovered, exposed, unprotected. This is what happens to Adam and Eve in the Garden of, uh, of Eden when they're exiled from God's presence. They were protected in the garden. But when they chose to sin and ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they were exposed. Then Cain, right, he went into exile because he killed his brother Abel into the wilderness. He was sent Abraham. Right? Joseph's grandfather exiled Hagar and Ishmael from the family camp into the wilderness and were now exposed. Joseph is now exiled to Egypt. So when we think about exile, it's not just the fact that it sends us to places we're unfamiliar. It leaves us unprotected and exposed. So you're probably wondering, like, Brother Josh, what are you saying? So glad that you asked. This is exactly what sin does, right? It exposes us before the holy and just God. It leaves us unprotected from his righteous wrath and judgment. So in a sense, right, in the, the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, all of mankind has been grappling with exile, always wanting, always longing to be at peace and to be at home, never coming into the knowledge of the truth. Lamentations 4.22 says, The punishment of our iniquity, O daughter of Zion is accomplished. He will keep you in exile no longer. But your iniquity, O daughter of Edom, he will punish. He will uncover your sins. Joseph is taken away to Egypt uh, from his father and his family. And when it seems like it was going bad for Joseph, right, there was a glimpse of hope. Um, His master of the house saw that the Lord was with him. Not only that, he saw from how God calls all that he did to prosper in his hand. From the situation of slavery being exiled, God still had his hand on Joseph, and he found favor with Pharaoh and became his overseer and was in charge of everything he owned. This is free. If God puts you in a situation where the odds are against you, then you're in the best position for God's glory to be shown. Look at Joseph's life. The odds were stocked up against him, right? But it didn't matter because God was with him. If God be before you, who could be against you? God used a time of exile for his glory and Joseph's good. And if you're here in New City today, just know that God can use whatever situation you're facing, both seen and unseen, for something more glorious than what you're suffering from. I love what Philip Yancey Yancey wrote the book, Where is God When It Hurts? says, sometimes... The only meaning we can offer a suffering person is the assurance that their suffering, which has no apparent meaning for them, has meaning for us. It's my second point and my last point from the scripture. It says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. In Ephesians, or actually in Genesis 39.5, it said that God blessed the Egyptian's house for for Joseph's sake, blessing of the Lord who was all 
that he had in house and in field. But of course, something evil happened in the midst of Joseph's prospering with the Egyptians. The Bible says that Potiphar's wife tried to unsuccessfully seduce him, lie with him. But Joseph refused because he honored his master. I was talking with, with, with uh, Brother Holmes, uh, father. Uh, we were talking about how the fact that he dodged her for two years. Two years dodging a woman? I don't know if I could be that strong. He honored him so much that he left his garments in Potiphar's wife's hands, fled her presence, and then she lied, right? Created this false accusation against Joseph. He was imprisoned because of it, because his master found out. But yet again, God used something evil for Joseph's good. Genesis 39, 21, but the Lord was with Joseph. He showed him steadfast love, gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now you fast track, right, for the sake of time, the events that took place after this. Pharaoh's cupbearer, right, and, and, and baker are thrown into prison for, uh, with Joseph. He interrupts, or actually he interprets their dreams, right, in which the cupbearer is reinstated to his position next to Pharaoh and the baker is hung. Pharaoh has a dream no wise man in, in, in Egypt can interpret, and nobody can really give him the answers to his dreams. Then a cupbearer for two years had this information, and then he tells him, hey, I remember a guy, Joseph. So he lets Joseph out of prison. In Genesis 41, Joseph hears out Pharaoh's dream and interprets, there will be seven years of plenty, and there will be seven years of famine. Joseph advises uh, Pharaoh to store up grain. Joseph is now made the governor of Egypt and gives him, and, and Pharaoh gives him a wife and he has kids in the years of plenty. Then as everything was going well, right, here comes the bad season. During the famine, Jacob's sons came to Egypt to plead with Joseph for supplies. They did not recognize him, but after he was satisfied that they were starting to become a little bit more reformed, he identified himself with great joy. Joseph identified his father and brothers to come and settle in Egypt. The stories were counted in the Old Testament, Genesis 37, 39 through 45. So God was with Joseph, right? From moments of being a slave to a servant to a prisoner, then being the second in command of all of Egypt, he used it for his glory and for Joseph and family and Egypt's good. That's good news for New City. As you're about to celebrate seven years of God's glory and faithfulness, maybe you felt like, I'm not sure if this feels like it's home. Not saying New City, but the world around you. You may not feel like it's home. Maybe you feel like I'm missing something or someone in my life that makes me, my fragmented life whole. Something is pulling me and showing me that all I see horizontally it's pointing me to something greater vertically. And that's the story of scripture, is it not? God takes the first exiles in the Bible, Adam and Eve, and sent them out of the garden from the presence of God. But that's not where the story ends. God sent his anointed one, right, through 40 generations. If you feel like you're from a broken family, hear this out. Jesus comes from generations of murderers, prostitutes, cheats that help cultivate him to fix this exile problem. 
God sent his only son, Jesus, to bring back the people from their exile and prepare the way to bring us back home to the Father. Promised land wasn't just a home of residence. It was God's way of showing Israel that this is just a reflection of something greater to come. He was exiled into the wilderness, right, to face the adversary, the devil, right? And he tried to prop him up and make him fall, but he overcame every test. Uh, he was exiled right from his hometown. He said that no prophet has, uh, um, is honored in his hometown. He was exiled from Nazareth after reading the scroll of Isaiah in the synagogue. And finally, he was exiled from this earth by the way of this old rugged cross used for shame. Now, Jesus flips what is evil and makes it for the good and uses the shame cross for our salvation. Jesus went into the exile of the cross and took on the wrath of God in our place in order for us to be free from exile, from separation from God and the power of sin and death over our lives. It's John 14, 1 through 6. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, but also believe in me. My father's house, there are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you because I am going there to prepare a place for you. If I go prepare a place for you, I am coming again. will take you to myself so that where I am, you will be also. And you know where I'm going. And I love Thomas, right? Thomas has got to see it to believe it. So if you're a doubting person, if you're struggling with disbelief, look at Thomas. He's like, Lord, what, what, how do we know where we're going? Right? You've been with me three years. How do we know where we're going? Show us the way. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. That's my last reflections, too. The first one is God repurposes evil for good. This carpenter, right, comes into the world, takes broken things. You know what carpenters do. They take the stuff that you throw out on the side of the road, and they put things back together, and they repurpose it so that they can be used. That's what God does for us. He repurposes the evil, the things that we did to go far, far away from God repurposes it for our good and for his glory. And the second thing is that there is an expiration date on tribulations. If you are suffering, we have people in our church suffering from cancer. We have people in our church that are suffering from things in their life that nobody really knows. But God is using that trial as a way for his glory and for their good. And that tribulation, it has expiration. It's not forever. The devil will tell you, oh, this is going to be forever. Right? If you ever lost a job or if you ever lost someone in your life, you're like, oh, this is going to be forever. Don't believe the lie. There's an expiration date on our tribulations. In my closing, and I want to say this, we are all wandering in exile as believers, but God has prepared a place to welcome us back home. Many churches like New City and other churches that met today, they are just bricks in the kingdom. of. But that is our home world as we see it, right? It's not true that it is home. Your political party isn't your home. Uh, your, your home is not the place that where you live in. Your home is not your ethnicity or your culture or your, that is not your home because Joseph's faithfulness to trust God and more importantly, because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, Adam and Eve's exile out of the Garden of Eden is over. Now we can go back home. When our days here are done, we get to see our creator face-to-face, no longer this barrier of the unseen, 
but we can see him face to face. Jesus pays it all, all of our debt wiped clean from as far as the east is from the west. We are no longer exiles. We are now going to be home with him. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you, God, that we are no longer exiles. God, Monday's coming. Work has to happen. The mundaneness of life has to go on. But one day, Lord, one day we will see you face to face in peace with brothers and sisters. In Revelation 7, of every ethnos and tongue proclaiming the name of the Lord in Spanish and in Hebrew and English and in and forms of African and Indian, whatever it is, God, you will to glorify your name. God, we will lift you up high, O oh God, and we will be satisfied because there is no more crying, no more death, no more hunger, no more want or need. You will be the sun propped up and we will see your glory and we will see you for who you are, God. We are excited because that is the day that we are looking for. It is not the day when we buy the new car. It is not the day when we buy the new home. It is not the day when we buy the new clothes. It's the day when we see your face in peace forever, God. And we thank you for it, oh God. We ask you, Lord, as you continue to use New City as a light and a beacon of hope in Hollywood, God, bring the laborers, oh God. Bring the people that want to see your glory here on earth, oh God. Lord, would you use Pastor John and his team, oh God, to uplift your name and wherever you are, oh God, people will come. Many sons and daughters will come to glory. We thank you for it now, oh God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining with us as we rooted deep in God's word. If you found this sermon encouraging, share it with a friend. You can learn more about New City by going to newcityhh.com or checking us out on social media by searching New City HH. We'll see you next week. Amen.